This morning, with, with baptism, with ch- child dedication, I, I wanted to I wanted to wade into this idea, this this discussion that people have had since really the beginning of time. And that is, how do we get in a right relationship with God? Because I think ultimately, if you were to boil it down to the biggest theological issue that people disagree with and they don't see eye to eye on, and maybe my perspective don't understand right, is this question about, is it faith or is it works? Or is it faith and works? How does all that work? And in Romans chapter 4, Paul deals very specifically with this issue. So if you're in Romans 4, we're going to read this text together. We're going to start in verse 1. I'll read out loud. If you'll follow along, that would be great. He says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, is found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from the works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Is this blessing then on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised? For we say faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. Then how was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Well... Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he has had while uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all who believe without circumcised, without being circumcised, that righteousness might be credited to them. So as Paul takes on this question, because this was a big issue, how are we saved? Are we saved by faith or works? So what Paul does is he brings about the story of Abraham. And Abraham, to the Jewish people, of course, was the great patriarch. He's the father of the Jewish people. Everybody came from him. So he is the pinnacle of the Old Testament. And what you, you read about Abraham, and what you know about Abraham, is that he was a man both of great faith but also great works. For instance, Abraham lived with his family in Ur of the Chaldeans. And, you know, so different today. We live in such a transient place, right? We know because we've got a lot of people moving in right now, which is why house prices are going through the roof, right? People move. That's what they do here. My daughter's getting married. She's moving to North Carolina. I may never forgive the guy, right? Uh, as long as he gets her back here before the babies, I, I might. Uh, but we live in a very transit. We move. We, you know, we fly. All this. Not then. I mean, because m- people were more tribes than nations. And so to move, to leave your people, you're leaving your protection. You're leaving your support network. You're leaving your people. And yet 
what does Abraham do? He leaves. He follows the Lord. In Genesis chapter 12 is where we get the story. It says, now the Lord said to Abraham, go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. The very next verse says this. So Abraham went forth. See, he believed God. And out of that came these works. And so he did, which was just kind of unheard of at that point. And then you remember as God calls him out, what he promises is, you know, I'm going to take you to a land and I'm going to give it to your descendants. Right? So a place he's never seen. By the way, you have no children, and I'm going to make you a great nation. And oh, by the way, I'm going to bless everyone who blesses you. I'm going to curse who curses you, and I'm going to make you a blessing to all nations. So in faith, he goes. The problem is, time rolls on, he still doesn't have a child. You get to Genesis 15, he's 70 years old. Still doesn't have a child. And it wasn't until he was 100 years of age. Sarah's 90. And I can't help every time I read that story, I say, God, you're so good, but please don't do that again, right? So Abraham, at the age of 100 years, has this son, this son of promise. But now God comes to him and says, I want you to offer your son. Wow. This man of faith, this man of works, what is he going to do? Genesis 22 says, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Can you imagine the angst that had to be in Abraham's heart? Was he going to believe God? Was was he going to follow through in his faith now to go? And yet the very next verse says, he rose early in the morning. Can you imagine what that journey was like for three days? You got the wood, you got the fire, you got the knife, and there's your son. They traveled to Mount Moriah. We believe that the hill on which God sent him to is the hill where he would ultimately have David by to put the temple, Mount Moriah. He takes the rocks, he builds the altar, he takes the wood from his son's shoulders and makes the fire. He binds his son, he puts him on. What we're told is that he gets to the point that he raises the knife And God intervenes and says, no, 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 no. I see your heart. I see that you trust me. He provides a ram in the thicket. A man of great faith, but also works. So, are we saved by faith or we works? Well, here's what Paul's arguing. Paul says, for Abraham, if he was justified, verse 2, by works, then he has something to boast about. But what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. It's faith. And it was credited to him as righteousness. It wasn't what was due him because of his work. It was credited to him. And so Paul is answering this question, is it faith and is it works? And what he goes to is he goes to the verse in Genesis 15 when he's 70 years old, way before Isaac is going to show up, the word where Abraham was brought into a right relationship with God was a matter of faith. Now, to understand it, you actually need to look at the verse previous to it. 
It says, he took them outside and said, now look toward the heavens, count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. If you've ever been to that point where you are out in the middle of nowhere, there's no light around, and you look up and you see the stars, and that's what Abraham experiences. Now, you have to understand, he's 70 years of age. He has no children. His wife is 60 years old. That typically is past childbearing years, right? And the very next verse says this, he believed the Lord. This is what brought him into this right relationship with God. It's faith. It's faith. Faith is what justifies us. It's not our works. It was not taking taking Isaac to Mount Moriah that justified him. It was just simply the fact that he believed. And the reason is, and you see it here in verse 5, as he now begins to talk about David and forgiveness. In verse 5 he says, but to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. You see, that's the part that you and I don't understand often. We think we're pretty good. We think compared to most, you know, we measure up. And what we don't understand, the measurement is not you, and the measurement for you is not me. The standard is God's standard. God is holy. God is perfect. And we all fall short. In fact, I would remind you that it only took one sin to get Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. That's the problem. We can't fix, we're not capable of fixing our problem. We're not capable of fixing what we really need, which is forgiveness. I heard this illustration once, and I loved it. You know, when you look at, at the idea of sin, and sin is, sin is, you know, the bad things that I do that I shouldn't do. Sin is not doing the good things that I should do. Sin can be an attitude that I had that fall, you know, really anything that falls short of God's perfect standard. And man, when I think about sin in that kind of perspective, I mean, I hate to think about how many times a day I sin, right? I want to be a good person, but you, you know, you get on these roads and hopefully they're all gone, but those snowbirds out there, you know, that come down from, from, from the north, that pull out in front of you and then get all the way up to like 15 miles an hour. You know, or they turn their blinker on when they leave their house and then they just keep it on all day, you know, and it's just like, ah, my attitude takes a beating, right? And so a sin is any thought, word, deed, or attitude. Where I hate to think about how many times a day I sin, but let's suppose, let's suppose I really wanted to justify myself by my works and so I disciplined my life, I disciplined my mind, I... And I got it to the point where just say three times a day, only three times a day that I did anything short of what Jesus himself would do. Now, to be honest with you, I'd probably be proud of it, which means I'd sin again. But, uh, (laughs) you know, but as good as that seems to you and I, you think about that for a minute from God's perspective. In a year's time, I would have sinned over a thousand times against him. I'm 61 now. 
That means on my record is 61,000 sins. You, you see, that's why even if I could become perfect today and never sin again, I still have got a problem. That's the whole reason Jesus came. That's the whole reason the Bible says that God sent Jesus because we had a problem we could not fix. So Jesus came and he was perfect and he never sinned. And so then he died and paid the penalty for our sin. So that we could be forgiven. It's called grace. It's what I don't deserve. I deserve punishment. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's what I deserve. But what Jesus provided is grace. The free gift of God. And the only way we get grace is through faith. Do you remember what Jesus said in John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, not whoever gets baptized or whoever gets circumcised or whoever gets church, you know, becomes a member of a church or whoever cleans up their life or whoever turns over a new leaf. No, it's whoever believes, believes, we're not justified by our works. We're justified by our faith. And here's the thing about faith. Faith is an act of the will. We choose to believe. You know, some people will say, well, I don't know. You know, it's almost like I've got to well up. You know, I'm on the little train that could. I think I believe. I think I believe. I think, no, it's not an emotion. We choose to believe. We choose to, Jesus, to believe that Jesus came and died for me. Abraham chose to believe that God was taking him to a land and would give him people. We choose to believe. What's really interesting then is what Paul would argue here is that as Abraham believed, that was credited. I love that word credited. That's placed on his account. The righteousness of God is given to him as a gift. Now what happens is, now the works follow, right? It talks about circumcision. So Abraham believes the Lord, Genesis 15. It's not till many years later in Genesis 17 uh, where now an Ishmael is born, that God gives him the sign of circumcision, right? It's, it's a sign. It, it's just a sign of the covenant. It doesn't, doesn't bring him into that relationship. He's already got it. And in the same way as a believer, when you and I come to know Jesus, it's, it's founded by faith, right? That's when we're born into the family of God. The sign of that is baptism, right? It's this beautiful picture, right? It's why we immerse. It's why we don't sprinkle, because we were placed in Jesus. It's, that's the picture. You know, we come in our sin. We died with him. We've been raised in a new life. Our sin has been washed away. Now we go out a different way. It, it's the sign of what's happened, and it's what we're called to do for those of us who have come to faith in Jesus. But the question today, the really important question today is not have you been baptized. The really important question, the ultimate question is have you come to believe? Have you come to put your faith in Jesus? Have you invited him to be your savior? That's where it all begins.